Hello there, my good friend. This is the April 2021 of our lifetimes, and we're living it. Mm. More specifically, this is the April 2021 edition of the Lost Map podcast. I am your host, Pictish Trail. I am a musician and light entertainer and heavy entertainer. Uh, I'm an all-rounder, quite literally. Thank you for tuning in. For the next 45 minutes or so, think of me as the helpful loofah applicating soapy bubbles in a sonic bath of sound from Lost Map Records. That felt a bit more relaxed when I wrote it down, but reading it out loud is quite stressful. Lost Map Records is a small record label that I run from my home on the Isle of Egg in Scotland, and this podcast is about getting to know the people that make the music. We're over a quarter of the way through the year now, and things are looking quite positive for the future, I'd say. Unless you're reading all the negative shit that's out there. Don't read any of that. You're better than that. But I feel like since March happened, and things have started to get a bit brighter, things have just started to feel a bit more alive. You know, we've all woken up a bit. There's a renewed vigour. I've started doing that couch to 5k thing again. I completed it a while ago, and then rewarded myself by not doing any running for the next three years. And so now I'm doing it again. And I've been whizzing my way through it. Within the space of 15 days, I've fast-tracked my way through to week five of the programme. Although I'll be honest, I'm not sure if you could describe what I'm doing as running. Thankfully, because I'm on egg, you know, there's no one here. So I've not had to worry about other people watching me waddle. Apart from the cows... For creatures that live quite sedentary lives, they're very judgmental animals. Yeah, anyway, renewed vigour across the board. I'm feeling it. In the past month, there's been an absolute flurry of new music that's come our way, which is really exciting. And I'll be honest, it's also been quite distracting. I'm trying to write my own songs, you know. That's the problem with running a record label. You get sent a lot of music and there's so much good stuff. And they're all better than me. Everyone's better than me. It's great because I really love listening to music and I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast that you do too. So yeah, I'm properly excited about everything we've got lined up over the course of this year. And this month is no exception. We've got loads of great new tunes. In fact, let's just get right to it by having a look at what's in the Postmap Club mailbag. Postmap Club, Postmap Club, Postmap Club, it's a very nice club. For those of you that don't know, Postmap Club is our membership club in which we send you postcards in the post at the end of every month. These printed postcards have really nice artwork and on the other side they contain download codes where you can download new music that we've released on the label alongside exclusive tracks, rarities, live sessions, audio experiments, all from the Lost Map Collective. When you sign up you also get a membership badge. Mm. and a monthly newsletter from me, as well as discount codes for other merch on our web shop. It's a nice way for you to support what we're doing as a label. If you enjoy this podcast and you like the music that you hear, you should sign up. There are currently three tiers of membership starting at just £3 a month, and all three tiers get exactly the same stuff. The only difference is, is if you pay a bit more, you get a slightly bigger badge. When you sign up, new members receive an email almost immediately with download codes for this month's releases. It's me that sends you that email. I get a notification every time we get a new member. When that happens, I have to log on, put all your details in a spreadsheet, allocate you some download codes, and then that all gets sent to you in an email. It sounds like it's a lot of hassle, and I'll be honest, it is, but you you are worth it. You're worth it to me for, for £3 a month. If you'd like to become a member, you can find out more by going to lostmap.com forward slash club. If you sign up during the month of April, you will receive the following postcards. Kinboat, who you might remember from our Christmas episode last year, has recorded an exclusive live session filmed at a village hall in Gullen, which is a lovely wee coastal town in East Lothian. Matt Gibb, who is Kinboat himself, set up a table of his electronic equipment and he's accompanied by his friend Jiva, 
on bass guitar and acoustic guitar and some vocals. And together they performed a selection of songs from his debut album, Shifting Distance. This month, PostMap Club members get access to a secret area of the Lost Map website where they can watch the full thing. Also this month, we're releasing a guest postcard from a mysterious act called RKB Vitesse. He's an electronic producer, songwriter and audio conjurer. The clip you just heard there is of a song which is excellently titled Pledge Psychodrama and it's the lead track on an EP of remixes, reworkings and reimaginings of songs from his self-released debut album The More You Love Yourself, The More You Will Be Loved. What does any of what I've just said mean? I'm not entirely sure myself, but there's an interview with RKB later in this episode. And finally, subscribers this month will receive a postcard from Molly Lennon. The single, A Lot To Give, is the first taste of new material following her debut release, The Outside EP, from 2019. I caught up with Molly last month on a wee Zoom call from my shed, and we talked about how she made her start in music, her move from Shrewsbury to Glasgow, the making of the Outside EP, and the making of the music that she's been putting together over the past year. We also talked about Elton John having a shit. Here we go. been living in Glasgow now for? It's coming up to five years. And you're from Shropshire um, originally, right? I am, yes, that's where I was born. Whereabouts in Shropshire? A town called Shrewsbury, which... Oh, I like Shrewsbury, yeah, okay. A lot of people pr- pronounce it Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury. Yeah, but it yeah. is Shrewsbury. Yeah, what was it like growing up there? Is it like a hotbed of musical talent? I mean, there's some really good musicians in Shrewsbury, but there's not really like a big music scene. There's quite a few open mics in pubs and some little venues and stuff. But yeah, there's never been like a huge music scene apart from there's the Shrewsbury Folk Festival, which happens in the summer, which is really good. Pretty big one. So Shrewsbury's quite like you can get to other places to see shows and yeah, you're not totally cut off. It's pretty well connected. Yeah. Yeah. And I lived there until I moved to Glasgow for uni. So what did you study again? You were at the Glasgow School of Art, is that right? Yeah, I was. um, I studied textile design, but I specialised in screen printing. Mm. So I did lots of lots of printing. Nearly dropped out multiple times, but I got through it and I I enjoyed it. I'm glad I went. Being in Glasgow for uni was really great because like especially for music there's just so much going on and it really helped me get into into the music scene it's quite connected isn't it the glasgow art school and the music scene like you know there's a big crossover there with bands with members that have attended and who put on shows and promote shows as well as you know play in multiple different bands i don't really know much about it because i my whole sort of introduction to music was in a small fishing village on the east coast of scotland so it was kind of I, it was very rare that I was even in Glasgow and it's still Glasgow is still a bit of an anomaly to me but like it's always exudes this confident coolness which is incredibly intimidating <laughs> did it feel intimidating for you as, as someone wanting to create music and being part of that scene maybe not intimidating but I definitely it took a bit of time to kind of get to know the Glasgow music scene and to sort of find my footing being at the art school there was quite a few student run events that I occasionally played at and also in the student union they had an amazing venue space upstairs where I saw I saw Kate LeBond there I saw Aldous Harding Julia Jacklin so many great musicians. When I was in my second year of uni, I moved into a flat above the Hug and Pint, which is such a great venue as well. And I played lots of my first gigs there, which was really handy because I literally just had to carry my amp downstairs. And then I could actually, I would have been able to get into the venue space without going outside at all because there was a stair, not a stair, there was a door to the stairs that went down into the venue in my hallway. <laughs> my God. But yeah, no, it was, it was good. 
basically your yeah. house could have, like your flat would have been your own dressing room yeah it basically was often i'd just go back upstairs and have some dinner and then go back down again <laughs> to play the show that sounds amazing is it rick wakeman he would sometimes take a curry on stage with him when he performed <laughs> Really? As, as part of yes he had like his synthesizer set up and then he'd have a plate of curry that he would eat <laughs> oh i should have a pack of biscuits next to me when i play i like that idea like of just getting comfy on stage treating it like part of your home someone once told me they saw elton john elton john perform and and then he's like right i'm just i'm just gonna pop off and they went off and the band kept playing and he went off and had a shit and then came back <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I guess if it's a long set, and, I don't know. The nerves are, yeah. Just, just a sec. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, you could have abused your situation there at the Hug and Pint, and just oh, just a second, yeah. just you know, had a little. I just need going. to go and just need to go and hang my washing up. <laughs> Very easily could have done that. But you decided to move out of that flat foolishly. I did. Unbelievable. together a band ahead of the first EP and I guess you were playing with with a few band members before you recorded that first EP the outside EP which you recorded at the end of 2018 is that right yeah it was yes the first band that I got together to play those songs um it was me Beth Chalmers Gemma Fleet who's in Order of the Toad and The Wharves, I think they were called. So oh, she's, right. in, she's in a few other bands. And Curtis Halling, who I, I used to live with. His band's called Young KP, and they're very good. Right. But yeah, that was the original setup. And then Kurt left and Liam Chapman joined. And then we recorded as that setup. So it was me, Beth, Gemma and Liam. We then played quite a few gigs as that setup for quite a while. And then Gemma left and Colin Campbell joined to play bass. And Kaya joined to play clarinet and some extra guitar parts. So it's kind of changed a few times since the the beginning but it's always been great playing with all those different musicians and always good friends as well so It was really yeah. nice hearing those songs because I remember receiving those songs. I think you might have sent them to me like on New Year's Day. Yeah. Certainly that's maybe the day that I heard them because I'd been like partying New Year's Eve or maybe New Year's Eve and I listened to them the next mm. day or something. I was in, again, another one of my morning fogs. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a total state and your music was there and I just, I was like, oh, I'll listen to this. And and it just sounded so great oh. and really relaxing that I think I listened to it about five times in a row. Oh, thanks. There's just something about the intimacy of the songs and the sort of mood that you conjure with your with your vocals and, and the melodies, just the melody structure on each of the songs are really engaging and comforting. I find I get a real sense of comfort every time oh. I listen to your music. And uh, yeah, it was very nourishing. I'm glad. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's really nice to know. Thank you. And then we met up not long after that then, right? I came down for a Celtic Connection show later that month. I think we had a chat then and we put out the EP later that year. I think we, we met when, I think Rosie was playing at the Glad. I think it was like a Lost Map Day event thing. Well, that was a good day. It was a long day. I, miss, I tell you what, I do miss <laughs> all dayers. Those all dayers are so much fun where you're mm. just there and you have a few drinks and then it's, you know, you're a bit pissed and you look at your watch and it's only half past four and you're like oh yeah here we go <laughs> they were good times yeah man definitely
managed to spend some time whilst restrictions weren't quite so tight doing some new recordings. Yeah, we recorded in October and a little bit in November, recorded some new stuff. And we also recorded some tracks um, back in February before all of COVID happened. So it was kind of like at the two ends of the year that we did some recording. Oh, that's interesting. So you recorded stuff at the beginning of 2020 and then you had pretty much most of that year to sort of sit in those and sort of think Mm, about them before you went and fired some new bits. That's it. I think that's actually quite a good way of doing things. Like I feel like sometimes having a bit of time to reflect on recordings is good. There's so much sort of pressure to kind of go into a studio, record, get everything done really quickly and then get it out as quickly as possible. A lot of musicians and bands in particular are really keen to kind of capture that moment and, and get it out there as soon as they can. But I certainly find with my own stuff that it is really really helpful to have that space in between to kind of sit with the songs and get used to them and kind of work out what changes they need if any yeah definitely I'm a fairly sort of slow songwriter anyway and I think it's because I do like to I really think it through as I'm writing and also I think the recording process as well like I I like to listen back to stuff and properly absorb it and think about it and not, yeah, not rush into putting things out if they don't necessarily feel right. single that's coming out this month as part of Postmap Club is a song mm. called A Lot To Give and it's yourself playing everything on that track, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I just went into the studio on my own and recorded them with Ronan who recorded all the songs. Yeah, it was a really nice process actually, like writing and completing a song just by myself and obviously like it's great to work with other people as well. I think I just quite liked the idea of having that as a challenge I guess to make something complete by myself. It's really beautiful. It's, it's like easily my favourite song of yours now. It's got it's gone into number one in my Molly Linden chart. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Straight in at number one. It's, uh, it's really it's really beautiful. You know, I've loved all the recordings you've done and the ornate arrangements and just the the space that each of the players have had on on the previous record. But on this this tune where it is just yourself there is a stronger sense of intimacy and it's a really touching tune what what is the song about and what does it mean to you whenever I write songs I never really have like a a definite sort of idea of what the song will be about from when when I start writing it it usually kind of just I don't know the the lyrics and the meaning kind of evolve over time but I think with this song I wrote it sort of near the beginning of last year and I was just noticing more and more how so often people in positions of power neglect vulnerable people and I think it was just a reflection on the sort of inequality in the world and the problems that so many people are facing with all my songs they just vaguely touch on these kind of ideas and it's not necessarily super direct but that was the kind of feeling that I had when I was writing the song it's got a really encouraging sentiment to it and that the sort of chorus refrain it feels like you're speaking directly to someone and I think after the year we've all had it is a really enjoyable listen to hear someone expressing something that is so encouraging and reassuring. Yeah, I think obviously the song, as I was saying before, is partly about maybe criticising the way that some people neglect others, but also, I guess, trying to encourage people who maybe feel like they can't necessarily make a difference themselves or they don't feel like they have the sort of power to be able to do things that you know, they care about. So that's kind of what I was trying to, <laughs> trying to get at.
Big thanks to Molly Lennon there for taking the time to chat. The song you just heard was A Lot To Give. It's the brand new single and it's out now on all streaming services and of course is part of our Postmap Club this month. The postcard comes with a remix by the musical polymath Tommy Perman. You might be aware of Tommy's stuff. He was a member of Edinburgh's Found Collective and uh, he's created some really amazing musical art projects such as Cyberphon. Tommy's also made a music video for Molly's single, so keep an eye out for that, and that should be out later on this month. Now for a regular segment in our show called First Gig, Worst Gig, in which we ask musicians to tell us about the first gig that they ever attended as a punter, as well as the worst gig they ever performed themselves. This month in the hot seat is my good friend Kate Lazda of the band Kid Canaveral. Kate is a really fundamental part of Lost Map. We've been going for almost eight years and she's been there right from the very beginning and handles so many different elements of the label, our distribution, our web shop, our events, so many other things. Without Kate, the label just really wouldn't be able to run at all. With her band Kid Canaveral, she's released three albums and has also just started recording some new solo material under the name Fastest Loser. But what is her first gig? And what is her worst gig? Let's find out. Excuse me. First gig, worst gig. Hello, uh, my name's Kate and I work for Lost Map and I'm also a member of the band Kid Canaveral. And this is my first gig and my worst gig. Uh, first gig... I had to text my dad because they took me to a lot of festivals when I was a kid, which I think I probably wasn't as grateful for as I should have been. Um, My dad got back to me and worked it out somehow. Uh, Apparently I went to Bracknell Jazz Festival in 1983 when I was three months old. I don't remember too much about that, so I'll probably tell you about the first big gig I remember going to with my friends, which was in 1999, and we just got our GCSE results... And I grew up not too far from Reading, so we we all got on the train, went to Reading Festival the whole weekend, camping a lot. <laughs> and I'm just looking at the lineup now, and it's actually really amazing. Uh, Pavement, Sleater Kinney, Flaming Lips, Stereolab, Delgado, Smog. Unfortunately, I don't think I saw any of those bands. I think I probably hadn't even heard of them which is depressing. (laughs) I remember being very excited about Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Offspring, and Blur. Blur are kind of cool, right? That's okay. And I can barely remember seeing any bands, but I do remember being really excited about The Offspring. Blur were really good. And I'm pretty sure I saw Beth Orton, which is cool, because she played our festival a few years ago. So that's probably the nicest memory of it. Uh, my big memory is that it was actually horrible. <laughs> it was the campsite was just really grim. It was people people had fires everywhere and they just burnt whatever they could find. So it was just like a real strong smell of burning plastic for the whole weekend. People were pissing on your tents all the time. And I can remember the day that we left, we'd camped like near a kind of big hedge. I think people started just chucking stuff over the hedge like cans, bottles, gas canisters. And I can remember that someone chucked an open can of beans and it went all over me. And it was just a really horrible end <laughs> to the weekend. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I don't think I went back camping to Reading. A two groom. I don't think I was cool enough. Worst gig has been quite a few, to be honest. But... One that springs to mind, one that sticks in my memory, is we did this DIY tour of America in 2012, I think. And we played in Toronto, and I think we were going to Boston or New York, so we needed like somewhere in between. So we managed to get this gig in Burlington, Vermont. And we turned up, and it was definitely more a coffee shop than a venue. I think the, the stage was about two foot wide, and everyone was just eating their dinner or having a coffee and there was no back line so Scott had to set up with like I think he just played with a hi-hat and a snare and that was it and the act that went on before us uh, turned out to be a belly dancer 
So support act was a belly dancer. Uh, it was all tip jars. I can tell you the belly dancer got way more tips than we did. Way more. <laughs> um, and then I think we did like a really short set, got like maybe $5 in tips. And then a Turkish trad band came on who are very good, not very similar to us. And to make it even worse, I think Morrissey was playing in Burlington that same night, so our host, who was putting us up, didn't even come to watch us. Like, literally no one came to watch us. And then, to add insult to injury, when we got back to Scotland, I was checking through our bank statements, and we'd eaten dinner at the venue, and they'd actually charged us twice. So we paid a huge amount of money to have one of the worst gigs of our lives. That was great. As I say, I could probably tell you some more, but maybe maybe I'll get my own worst gig feature at some point. Okay, that's probably enough from me. Thank you. Bye. That track there was a bit of a hidden gem. It was a version of the Kid Canaveral song Skeletons, remixed by Synesthete, the solo project of Sarah Tanat Jones, who currently records under the name Tanat. It's a really great remix, that. And speaking of remixes, as I mentioned earlier on in the show, we're releasing an EP of reworkings and reimaginings of songs by an artist called RKB Vitesse. With his partner, Serafina Steer of the band Bassian, he set up the label Vitamin Concept Records and released his debut album as RKB Vitesse called The More You Love Yourself, The More You Will Be Loved. That album came out at the end of 2020 and it's a really great, properly deep and dark atmospheric collection of doom disco. He got in touch with us a few months ago with this EP of new versions and collaborations, each of which takes the notion of a remix and really turns it on its head. 
Here's RKB Vitesse himself to tell you about the EP and what remixes mean to him. Hello, my name's Oliver and I am RKB Vitesse and it's lovely to be here with you. I'm recording this from a basement in London. It's a Friday night, it's cold outside and I'm listening to the mice squeaking in the darkness. RKB Vitesse is a project I started a few years ago as an outlet pipe for a load of home recordings that I've been making over the past decade or so. Pledge Psychodrama which uh, Lost Map are kindly putting out as a postcard EP, is a song from my first album, The More You Love Yourself, The More You Will Be Loved, which came out on the little label Vitamin Concept that I run with Serafina Steer, who also played on the record of Bastian and Beyond Fame. The title, uh, The More You Love Yourself, The More You Will Be Loved, is something I think I remember Eddie in Absolutely Fabulous saying in an early episode that I watched as a child, and it has stuck with me ever since. I haven't gone back to check it if she does actually say it. I prefer to imagine that she does. But the idea of that seemed to me to have a resonance in today's times. So this EP contains Pledge Psychodrama and three other new pieces made especially for the EP with some other wonderful artists and collaborators. You told me then what you could do What you could do Montenegro Fisher is Luna Montenegro and Adrian Fisher, a pair of performance artists and poets and musicians that I've known for many years, and we've collaborated on a few things since. We play in a band called Also, and they're amazing to witness and very inspirational to be around. And they have produced an eight-minute stereo spoken word dissection of the title track of the album. The song itself is a series of bits of advice that I've been given over the years, good and bad and mostly bad, that I tried to stitch together into a series of mantras for life that you could then pass on to future generations. The Montenegro Fisher response goes through the advice and deconstructs it line by line, reimagining and reinterpreting the slogans and trying to imagine a moment of utopia amidst the reflections. Although we agree with your statement, the more you love yourself, the more you will be loved. On initial hearing, this felt a bit selfish, arrogant, even egocentric. However, we understand that if we do feel good about ourselves, other people will also feel good about us. So also appearing on this EP is Dancer at the Edge of Time, a new slow disco mix that I've done of a track from the album. In lockdown, I've been listening to the local, or used to be pirate stations in London, although I think a lot of them have now gone legit. But anyway, yeah, these old stations play a lot of amazing stuff and the community spirit is strong in them and inspiring in them. And often around breakfast time, there's a lot of funk and disco played. So that energy has been pleasantly floating around me as I eat my sweet bun. Charlie and Sefa of Bastian helped put together a lovely disco viola part for the album version of this song. But on the more housey album version, they ended up giving way to a wall of synths. So this was an attempt to put them back at the centre of the action. And I'm also trying to learn the bass guitar, so this version features some of that. And then at the end, Sefa recorded some amazing extra keyboards that bring the whole thing together really nicely. Eating Remixes. I've always loved remixes. Rummaging in the lower racks of record shops and through the charity shop discount 12-inch bins was a real musical education for me. And I bought and still own a lot of terrible records from this period. But I also own a lot of really beautiful ones too. And I like the disruptive element of the remix. The unpredictability. The disruption of one thought pattern by another. The friendly clash. And I guess what I like about it at the moment is there's the sharing and this disturbed time when we haven't been able to sort of meet and be around people as we used to. It's been a lovely way of communicating and collaborating. Do I have any favourite remixes? Currently, 
the Mizelki pop, Ursula in Regression, the Crooked Mix 1 by Crooked Man, deserves to be heard loud in public as soon as possible. It's a real dance floor tearjerker. And I still have a lot of love for Nathan McKay's trance pluckathon remix of the Gordon Lightfoot folk song, Linda. So the EP has two remixes. Pledge Psychodrama gets the K of Zen mix. This is by an elusive figure who I can't say too much about, but they're trading as Bobby Gardner for this one. And it's a beautiful and twisted and intimate version. A sort of director's commentary on the track, but a director who filmed the whole thing surreptitiously on his phone and might yet blackmail you over it. But then there's a beautiful guitar coder at the end and the sun comes out and everything's gonna be all right. Psychodrama is a song about some sad events that took place a few years ago on a hillside above the River Eden in Cumbria and a promise that was made that the maker was sadly unable to keep. And as these sad events drifted around my head on the megabus on the way home afterwards, they screamed to me epic ballad. And so some years later, here we are. Um, and this song has got some beautiful slide guitar on it from my friend James Garski, who also mixed the track. And I've just finished a little video for it, um, for which some of the footage is shot in that beautiful valley by my friend Angus Braithwaite. And then I've bolted a press conference reading of the song on top of it and set the dials for hallucinogenic. Yeah. 
That song was Pledge Psychodrama by RKB The Tess and it's taken from an EP that we're releasing via our Postmap Club this month. If you've enjoyed the music that you've heard on the show so far and would like to support what we're doing, you should sign up to Postmap Club by visiting lostmap.com forward slash club. Okay, now it's time for... Yeah, it's, it's this or that. Oh, God. It's back. This or that is back. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm somewhat delighted to tell you that this or that has made it back onto the show. It's the portion of the programme where we poise a suite of referenda at unwitting contestants. It's not quite taken off in the way that we'd hoped, so we went all out on this one. Our quiz show correspondent, Bar Owl, managed to track down a very special guest indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, Sir Paul McCartney. Hi Paul, and welcome to Lost Maps, this or that. Lovely to be here. Uh, Do you want to just um, test your microphone? Do you want to just... Yeah, thanks very much. So, here we go with this or that. Hardback or paperback? Paperback! Political protest songs or silly love songs? Silly love songs! Madonna or Gloria Estefan? Madonna! I'm Still Standing or Rocket Man? Rocket Man! Vegetarian sausages or meat sausages? Meat! The Datsuns or Jet? Live and let die, or Goldfinger. Say live and let die. The Isle of Egg, or the Isle of Mull. Oh really, Uh, what's so good about Mull? Darkest mountains, with valleys of green. An open return ticket, or one way? One way ticket, yeah. A wonderful Christmas time or a sexual Christmas night. Let's all have a sexual Christmas night. Well, thanks very much, Paul. I think there's been some genuinely surprising answers there. So thanks for your time. Hey, am I on this? Okay, see you soon. Thanks for coming in. special wasn't it thanks to bart for securing that exclusive hopefully we won't get sued right that just about does it for today's show before i go i was going to mention one thing that's been a huge help over the past year has been the music website bandcamp it's a platform where you can sell your music and merchandise directly to fans as i'm sure most of you know already they've got this thing called bandcamp friday which has been happening on the first friday of each month over the past year It's a day on which Bandcamp waives their commission. It's usually between 10 and 15%, depending on the different products. And Bandcamp have done that as a gesture of solidarity to artists and labels who've been affected by the pandemic. I know from my own experience as Pictures Trail, a really significant proportion of my annual income is from selling merchandise, you know, records, CDs, tapes, t-shirts, sweatshirts and caps at live gigs. Because there's not been any live gigs, not being able to sell this stuff would have been tricky, but these Bandcamp Fridays have really galvanised a movement of support from fans for musicians and labels. It's made a huge difference to us as a label and to all our artists. And yeah, we've got a whole bunch of brand new Lost Map stuff in our shop, including some caps and a mug set, as well as some brand new t-shirts. At the last Bandcamp Friday, we sold out of a whole batch of them really quickly and we've just had some new ones made. If you go to lostmap.bandcamp.com, you'll find it all there. The next Bandcamp Friday is on April 2nd, or if you're listening to this podcast after that date, the one after that is May 7th. Okay, I'll leave you now with a new remix. This is one of my tunes as Pictish Trail. This is a track that came out on Postmap Club a couple of months ago and is just being released on all streaming platforms from April 1st. It's the Good Dog remix of my song Dreamwall. Good Dog you'll know as Suze Bear, who also plays keyboards and various other electronic gizmos in the Pictish Trail live band. 
Speaking of the live band, I'd like to say thank you to Joe Cormack, who plays in the band and who is editing this podcast, as he does with every episode. Great job, Joe. Love you, man. Big thanks to Creative Scotland for their support with Postmap Club and this podcast too. Cheers for listening. We'll catch you next month. <laughs>